Can church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome to church in the balcony. You may be seated for just a moment. I have a few announcements. Remember the Christmas program sign-up is on the back podium back there. Make sure if you're going to help Sister Pam out this year that you sign up now. And uh, that way she can get everything together that she needs to put together. Also, this Sunday at 11 a.m., no Sunday school. Everybody say, no Sunday school. So if you know somebody that's usually uh, comes to Sunday school, make sure that you email them, text them, Facebook them, whatever you got to do to let them know. No Sunday school this Sunday, but Cornelius Harper is going to be with us for the 11 a.m. service. So we're excited about having Brother Harper with us. And then we're going to leave here, and as many as you that could go with us to Pikeville, and we're going to celebrate the 11th anniversary service over there, three years of me being pastor over there, and that will be at 2 p.m., and Brother Harper is going to be preaching uh, the anniversary service. So I'm looking forward to that, and a cookout following. Who doesn't like a good cookout? Amen. And uh, then coming up in October, October the 21st at 7 p.m., October the 22nd at 11 a.m., Brother George Scott is going to be with us this year for our homecoming services. And then CAC Harvest Time Crusade, always one of the highlights of our year. That's in November, November the 17th at 7 p.m., Brother Buddy Puckett. Uh, Saturday, November the 18th at 7 p.m., Brother James Chesser. And Sunday, November the 19th, 11 a.m., Brother Michael Maupin. So we're looking forward to having all of them. Let's give them a great hand in the Lord. Making all of this possible once again for another year. Uh, we have uh, some prayer requests that we need to make mention of. And uh, we have uh, these uh, on our list that uh, we need to, uh, you know, sometimes add people to our list. And sometimes it's just uh, people that's been on our list. But we're going to mention the last ten of these. And uh, we want to uh, mention... Marvin Bentley, uh, Barbara Dove, the Sue Bang family. Sue passed away, and uh, this is um, uh, the relative of uh, the Lesters in this area. So let's remember the Sue Bain family. Let's remember Rebecca James, Paxton Bentley and Whitley, uh, Rosa Urabi. Let's remember uh, her in prayer. Van, Danny Ratliff, Sister Pam Bartley. Uh, she's got some surgery coming up, I think, in October. So uh, we want to just ask the Lord to heal her. And uh, when they go and check her out, do the pre-op, they say, well, looks like we're not going to have to do anything. Wouldn't that be a great witness and a great testimony? And uh, we want to remember uh, Gina. This is uh, the daughter-in-law of Sister Debbie Bryant from the Pipeful Church. Uh, she has blood clots in her lungs and is not doing well. And also her husband, who is staying with her, uh, is just a, a trying time for all the family. So let's remember them in prayer. Uh, Liam Day, little Liam, got took to the ER uh, this past, uh, I guess it was yesterday he got taken to the ER. So let's remember Liam in prayer. And also we have an unspoken request uh, for someone who was having some heart surgery 
and uh, they came through their heart surgery and is are recovering well, so we give the Lord the glory for that. Amen. And of course, we want to continue to remember Sister Tito and ask the Lord to uh, help them in their decision-making process of what they need to do, where they need to go for the best care, the best uh, rehab, the best uh, ability to get uh, mobile again, because I know that Sister Tito is not happy uh, just laying there. She wants to be mobile, and uh, she wants to be moving. And um, that generation is a, an inspirational generation because uh, they don't just lay down. They, they want to keep going even if their body won't let them. Uh, and I know that Sister Tito has come to church many times that she wasn't feeling like coming to church, but she pushed through. So let's remember all of those requests. If you have a request by the raising of your hand, the Lord sees that. He knows what that represents. And uh, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer right now. So let's stand and let's just call on the name of the Lord. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you've given us, Lord, to gather together with your people in the middle of the week. I pray, Lord, that you would touch each and every one that is gathered here, that whether they have needs for themselves or for their families, that they will find that you will supply all of their needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, I believe you're still a healer. I believe you're still a provider. I believe you're still the one that can lift up when everything is pressing down. I know, Lord, that you can speak a word right now to Sister Tito and she can get strength in her body. I know that you can speak a word right now to all of those on our prayer list. I know that you can touch all of those that's watching by way of webcasts, that you can go into their homes right now and let them feel your anointing and your spirit. Touch Sister Ruby Lester, a special touch tonight. Lord, she wants to be in church and she watches every service, but Lord, we just ask that you would give her the strength and the touch that she needs. And Lord, we're going to ask for your blessings upon the service tonight every song, every musician everything that's said and done that Lord you will get praise and we will lift up your name in the mighty name of Jesus Amen, Amen let's give the Lord a mighty hand before uh, brother um, Caleb comes he's got an announcement as well as five minutes with Timothy there's a book written and the title of the book is um all I really need to know, I learned in kindergarten. And it has 15 points that if you follow these, kindergarten's a pretty good education. Number one, share everything. Number two, play fair. Number three, don't hit people. Number four, put things back where you found them. Number five, clean up your own mess. Number six, don't take things that aren't yours. Number seven, say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Number eight, wash your hands before you eat. All good things to know. I learned in kindergarten. Number nine, flush. Number ten, warm cookies and milk is good for you. Number eleven, live a balanced life. Number 12, learn some and think some and draw some and paint and sing and dance and play and work every day some. We all should do that, really. We'd, we'd be a lot happier if we uh, thought some, learned some, thought some, draw some, paint some, sing some, dance some and play and work every day some. 
Number 13, all of us over 50 understand this. Take a nap. They teach you that in kindergarten. It's nap time. You got to lay down. Number 14, when you go out into the world, watch for traffic. Hold hands. Stick together. And number 15, be aware of wonder. I wonder what's there. I wonder what that is. I want be aware of wonder. Those are 15 things that one of the best-selling books on the New York Times bestseller list. New York Times bestseller list for 43 weeks was all I need to know I learned in kindergarten. Amen. So it struck a note. I thought that would be good to let us know. If we'll follow this, we'll all be happy. We'll all get along. This church is going to prosper. This church is going to grow. And this church is going to reach the lost, the hurting, and the backslider. Amen. Let's give a mighty hand unto the Lord and to Brother Caleb. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's give him more by hand clap of praise. Come on, let's, uh, let's turn our attention to the Lord tonight. For he is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. If you come here tonight to, to listen to a man preach, you come for the wrong reason. If you come here tonight to hear great music, to hear people sing unto the Lord, you come for the wrong reason. But if you've come into this house tonight with a desire to be touched by the presence of the Lord, you've come for the right reason. And I'm here to tell you that reason can be fulfilled here in this house tonight. Not because it's Cornerstone Apostolic Church, but it's because we're in a church that acknowledges that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he has never left us, nor has he ever forsaken us. If we've come knowing those things, we can come expecting him to take away any weight, any heaviness, any depression, any anxiety. I'm speaking to somebody we should not come here because it is expected. But we should come here expecting. Amen. Tonight I would like to direct our attention to the word of the Lord. I'm going to have an announcement. While you're flipping there, Matthew 9, starting at verse 20. Matthew 9, verse 20. And as you're flipping there, I have a hyphen-related announcement. What hyphen is, for those that do not know, it is a group of, of young apostolics. 18 to 30, Evan, Mary, my wife and I are the hyphen coordinators for sanctuary. We have a hyphen rally or a hyphen retreat coming up in November for all those that know 18 to 30 year olds that love to attend, all those that are 18 to 30 that would love to attend. And it's going to be November 9th through the 11th. That's a Thursday through Saturday. It's going to be uh, at, it's going to be Salt Lake, or Salt Lake.
attention because it's important. Brother Dwayne, Brother Doug, and myself, the three Brother Dean's, are allowing ourselves to be that pie in the face if you paid to see me pie in the face more than you paid to see Brother Doug, more than you paid to see Brother uh, Dwayne, then that's who you're going to see get pie in the face. Does that make sense? We're going to have three buckets, and it's starting this Sunday. It's going to go for four Sundays. Okay, it's going to be October 8th. It's the last Sunday that you can pay to see one of us get pie, pie in the face. I wanna, you want to be pie in the face? I want to pie him. Start putting the money in. So whoever you want to see get pie in the face the most, that's whose bucket you start putting money into. I'm going to put about $100 a piece into their bucket. I'm just kidding. Don't hold me to that. Starting this Sunday, we're going to do each person will have a bucket, Brother Doug, Brother Dwayne, and myself. If you want to see that person get pie in the face, you will throw money into their bucket. Whoever raises the most, whoever's bucket has the most money in it, that is who is going to get pie in the face the following Wednesday of October 8th. Does that make sense? I'm going to continue to announce that, but that's starting on October, or that's starting this Sunday. So come bring a little extra cash, throw it in Brother Dove, I mean, in anybody's bucket if you want to. But somebody on the following Wednesday of October 8th is going to get pie in the face for the sake of the hyphen going to hyphen retreat. Can we give uh, our volunteers a hand clap? I appreciate you. Amen. Now the reason we hear the word of the Lord, Matthew 9 and 20. And it says, Behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood. Someone say 12 years. Twelve long years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. 21 says, For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. 22 says, But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. I know that we have heard this very scripture many times. I know we've heard it preached many different ways. But tonight, for the sake of the title, I know it's just five minutes of singing preaching, for the sake of the title, I want to say, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. Let's go before the Lord tonight in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence, and we ask that you begin to move in this place so mightily. Begin to move in this place, God, so heavily that people cannot deny that you're in this place. They cannot sit still because your, your spirit of conviction, your spirit of love is pulling them to an altar of opportunity. God, begin to move, not only in this sanctuary, but in the cyber sanctuary. Begin to move so heavily hearts of the people in this community, God. We're not satisfied with what is happening right now. We want to see more. We want to be led into a realm that is higher than we've ever been before, God. Let us not be satisfied with the status quo praise. In Jesus' mighty name, in the church, said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And I know I just have a few minutes. But whenever I begin to read this scripture, I am transported to a scene of mercy. I'm transported to a scene of healing. I'm transported to a scene of someone that was not satisfied with the way that they were living. She was not satisfied with going through her daily life with what the world had said that's normal. For her, that's normal. 
sure there was Sunday after Sunday, if we look at it, it, it through our lens, there was Sunday after Sunday, she would come into the house of the Lord. She would pray, she would lift her hands, and yet she would leave with the same problem. But whenever Jesus showed up on the scene, whenever Jesus started walking on by, she said, I am not satisfied. I am not going to let him pass me by. If I would just get into the presence of Jesus, if I would just touch the hem of his garments, I do not have to try and be satisfied with my situation anymore because my faith is what's going to make me whole. If I can just get into the presence of God, why do we sit on a pew whenever we have financial problems? Why do we sit on a pew whenever we have loved ones that are not in church? Why do we sit on a pew whenever we have people that are struggling with addiction? Why do we sit on a pew whenever we're not satisfied with the way that we're living, but yet you never come to an altar, but yet you never find yourself on your knees in the presence of the Lord? We go out and we say, oh, I'm making it, but I'm not satisfied. But yet we do nothing about our situation. Twelve years this woman dealt with the same problem. Twelve years she dealt with the issue of blood. It was whenever she finally said, I'm done with being not satisfied. I'm done with this sitting and waiting for my healing to come to me. I'm going to heal. Church, we know who the healer is, just as she knew who the healer is. And I'm here to tell you to get the healing that you desire to be able to say, you know, I am satisfied now because I've been healed, I've been touched, I've been delivered. You know how you say that? You say, I've been touched by the deliverer. I've been touched by the healer. I've been touched by Jesus. As long as you're satisfied sitting on a pew and not being healed, it's exactly what's going to happen. As long as you're satisfied with only a few people showing up on Sundays and Wednesdays, it's all that's ever going to happen. But until you start coming to an altar, not whenever you're asked by the pastor or by the preacher to come to the altar, but until you start coming to the presence of Jesus on your own account, on your own desires, on your own time, on your own will, that's when things are going to change for you. So I wonder, can we stand all across this building? It should be normal for us to come to the altar when the praise team is singing and worship. Because our children need to see us worship in the presence of the Lord. It should be normal for us to come to the presence of Jesus and say, I just want to touch you, Jesus. I just want to be touched by you, Lord. That should be the norm for this church. No matter what the church down the road is doing, this church is going to praise the Lord. Let's do that right now.
I am not afraid. We're going to ask our ushers to come. We're going to take up tonight's offering. Give us the Lord blesses you. And we understand that when we give, there's no way you can outgive God. But I will give you a challenge. Go ahead and try it. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you blessed us to be gathered here to give not only of our praise and worship, but to give of our offering. We ask, Lord, that you would bless each and every one to have an offering to bring. And, Lord, we're going to give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
within us that's a that's a great understanding that what's in us greater is he that's in you and he that's in the world we should never ever get so discouraged we just want to throw in the towel because we got the Holy Ghost amen amen we do have the Holy Ghost amen and uh, we're going to uh, study tonight and of course it's going to be brother Dwayne's going to be coming and uh, he's going to be uh, helping us to understand how to have revivals. So all of you that need to leave the sanctuary to go to the youth department, you may do so at this time. Everybody else, let's give a great hand to the Lord and to Brother Dwayne. Let's give him a hand. Hallelujah. He's worthy, 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 worthy. I love that song, don't you? Don't you? Hallelujah. I am not alone. He's my comfort no matter what I got to go through. Amen. That song touches me every time that we sing it or I hear it sung. Amen. He touches me. Amen. Hallelujah. I am not alone. The Bible says, you know, he's a God of hand. Amen. Hallelujah. So if there's any distance between you and him, it's you. Amen. He's never at fault. This is called the paradox of a Christian life. When I heard that word, I said, I've heard that word before. I'm kind of like Paul. I'm not good with big, eloquent words. Big $10 words like we say at work, like mayonnaise. Amen. That's a $10 word. Amen. So I had to do a little digging. And it said, and what it translated as was a seemingly contradictory statement. Seems like it contradicts itself but may contain basic underlying truths when examined 
closely. Pastors, when I I read that, Brother McKinney, I started thinking about what you told me. You got to dig a little deeper. You got to study like the Bible says if you want to show yourself approved. Amen. I want to be approved by God, don't you? Amen. You got to dig a little deeper. And if you dig a little deeper, amen, the meaning just jumps out at you. And I thought, well, I didn't know that word, but I did in a sense. Amen. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. I like Isaiah, don't you? Amen. A prophet of the Lord, amen. Who looked up into heaven, seen the glory of the Lord, didn't he? Amen. Hallelujah. He said it filled the temple. I want him to fill this temple, don't you? Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, this is the Lord speaking. Every time I hear this verse right here, what's it make me think? God, I'm glad you don't think like me. Amen, because I'm a little carnal man. Amen. Sometimes my thinking is just way off somewhere. Amen. Sometimes I have to back up and ask myself, what was I thinking? Amen. I think they wrote a song about it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Amen. Thankful for that one, too. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. I've heard this said before, too, by by older, wiser people. Listen to me, son. I know a little something. You ever heard that? Amen. Somebody be a schooling you. Y'all can be seated. Amen. They'll be a schooling you on something. They'll say, listen. Then Brother McKinney pulled up a cartoon just the other day. He said, I said, I, I say now, boy. Listen, boy. Sometimes we need to listen, don't we? Amen. Because you that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth, ain't it? One pie hole. It's going to be soon anyway, ain't it, Brother Dave? Amen. Because sometimes we need to just shut up and listen and realize that God's already made a way. Amen. God's already made a way for this church, ain't he? Y'all believe that? He's already made a way for revival, man. He already has a plan, just like Jeremiah said. He's got a plan for this church. He's got a plan for my life. And he has a plan for your life. Before I get too far ahead, I want, I want to back up just and, and focus on the word paradox and give you just a few examples. The beginning of the end. That sounds weird, don't it? The beginning of the end. I've heard that in movies talking about the end of time. This is the beginning of the end. Here's another one. Deep down, you're really shallow. <laughs> I like that one. Deep down, you're really shallow. In other words, you're not too deep. Amen. If I knew one thing, and this one right here is me for sure. If I knew one thing, it's that I know nothing. Amen. To know nothing. Amen. But Christ. Ain't that what Paul said? Amen. If all that I know is Jesus Christ and him crucified, amen, hallelujah, if that's all that I know, amen, then that's enough, Brother McKinney, to get me through, amen, if that is all that I know is Jesus Christ, that one thing, then I know enough, don't you, amen, listen to this, people fight for their rights, many times we've heard about people fighting, you see it, you see them on TV, amen, you see them in the history books, many, many soldiers, Brother Larry, have died for our rights. 
People fight for their rights and wrestle for greatness only to find that greatness is found through two simple things, servitude and submission. And that's what he requires of you and I. Those two things, if we can master those two things in our life, we'll be used greatly of God. Amen. Servitude is service and work done for others and for God and also worshiping God. See, that's what he wants. That is, that is what you are created to do is be a worshiper. How many worshipers do we have in the house? Amen. One of the greatest things that I have seen, amen, on earth anyway, in human beings, is true worship from the heart. How many has ever seen true worship from an older saint of God? Amen. If I can talk about Sister Grace just for a moment, Brother McKinney. Amen. I remember her humble. If you knew Sister Grace, she was humble. What I knew of her was very humble. I want one of her kids, and I was never on the other side to see her angry. And I just can't imagine, amen, but she was very humble, amen. And I watched her as a young man coming to church. I watched her worship the Lord, amen, and she knew how to worship the Lord, amen. He wants us to worship him. He wants us, amen, to have adoration for him. How many adore him? Hallelujah. That he is absolutely your everything, amen. And submission is simply accepting and yielding to the will of authority of someone, namely God. Amen. Hallelujah. Servitude and submission. If you can get those two, and there's also different, we won't get too deep in that tonight because I, I want to move on here, but there's also servitude in the church and submission, amen, to those that have authority over you. Amen. Hallelujah. Serving them, amen. Doing things for them, amen, and being submissive to their will. As long as it lines up with God's will. Hey, I'm all for it, ain't you? Amen. I believe that Brother McKinney and Sister McKinney in this church have a vision. Amen. And I'm on board with that vision. Are you on board with that? Amen. And he wants to see this church prosper and grow as the Lord would have it. Amen. Servitude and submission. Let's move on. Instead of conquering like Caesar, Alexander, or Napoleon, Jesus provided us with paradoxical ways to a better life. Listen to this. John 12, 24 through 26. Y'all want to bring it up there? John 12, 24 through 26. He says, I tell you the truth. How many want to know the truth? Heard that statement a lot of times. And a lot of times when humans say it, it's followed by lies, that is. I'm telling you the truth. And then they go on and tell a lie. But we know when the word says it, amen, it's forever settled, right? We know that it's truth. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, and they don't have the King James Version in here, but you all follow along. It's, it's good. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. In other words, until you plant a seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Once you plant a seed, that seed will go and plant a seed. Amen. That seed will go down the road and plant a seed. Amen. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the gospel here. 
Amen. We're talking about revival right here. Amen. We're talking about growing the church. Amen. Hallelujah. It remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Look at your neighbor and say, this house is going to be full. Amen. I'm speaking in faith. Amen. Because I believe in the vision. Amen. That our pastor has. I believe. Amen. In the word of the Lord. Amen. And I believe. Amen. What Sister Grace spoke, I believe it to be true. Amen. Hallelujah. The man who loves his life will lose it. While the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If your desires are just of this world, amen, you're going to die, amen, and it's not going to take you anywhere. It's going to take you to a devil's hell, right? But I want my desires to be about him, to be about the master. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Where his heart is, I, I've adapted a, a prayer. You know, I've probably mentioned this. I know I have to you all. But I've tried to, because prayer is important, ain't it? Amen. It better be how you start your day. If you want your day to be good, and I'm not going to say everything's going to go hunky-dory. Amen. But if you want your day to be blessed, amen, you better start it out talking to Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Prayer don't end right here, saints of God. I know I'm, I'm preaching and getting off just a little bit. Amen. Hallelujah. But prayer don't end right here. The first time that you come and repent, amen, that's not the end of it. That's just the beginning. Amen. Just like it says, amen, the beginning of the end, amen. Right here is the beginning, but it should not be the end of your prayer. Your prayer should start off every day. I try to remember every family member, amen, and I try to remember my lost loved ones. I try to call out my mother-in-law's name every day. Amen. Because I want to see her at this altar or, or some apostolic altar. Amen. I want to see her saved. I want to see my brother-in-law give his heart back to the Lord. Amen. I want to see this church. Amen. And other apostolic churches in the truth. I want to see them grow in the Lord. Amen. I want to see them grow in number. Amen. And I want my family to be part of them. And I want your family to be part of them. How many has lost loved ones? Amen. Everybody in the house should raise their hand. Because I don't think there's a family out there that doesn't have lost loved ones. Amen. And we better be reaching them. Hallelujah. We better be using intercessory prayer. Amen. And not taking it for granted. The Christian life is a paradox. By dying, here's one. This is a good one. You live. What's it talking about dying? Not literally dying. Amen. But dying out to sin, giving your heart to the Lord. Amen. That's the only way that you can truly live is by giving your life to the Lord. By giving, you receive. Amen. The Word of God teaches us that. It's better to give than to receive, ain't it? You know, that's hard to wrap your mind around because as a kid, and even now, I'm a big kid still. Amen. I like getting presents. I've heard men say at work, I don't like Christmas. I don't like Christmas time. I do. I still don't you, Brother Dove. I'm like a big kid. Hey Amen. You can't you couldn't knock oh saying you couldn't knock that smile off my face, Brother McKinney, with a number four shovel. Right. When I get a present, amen. And I like surprises. Some of us don't like surprises, amen. I've got a daughter that don't like she cannot stand surprises. I want I want to know, Daddy. I want to know what it is. Amen. I want to open it. I said, You gotta wait. 
Amen. But I like surprises. Amen. But the greatest gift that we could ever have did not cost us a dime, did it? Amen. Freely given to you and I, and that's a gift of salvation. By giving, you receive. The least becomes the greatest. Amen. That's what he said, wasn't it? The least shall become the greatest in the kingdom of God. Listen to what it says about dying and living. By dying, you live. Following Jesus. Jesus simply stated, follow me. Follow me, Brother McKinney. That's all he says. And you know what? If that's all we do, we can't go wrong. If we follow him and nobody else. You see, I can get up here and I can preach a bunch of hogwash to you. And there's many, many things. I've been to my family's house, and I won't mention their names. Some of you may know them. Seen books laying on their desk. I picked up the book, Scientology. And I never would read it. There was a, a brother. Come to me one time. And he was a dear friend, I'll tell you right now, I still love him. But he said, Have you ever really dug into this and read, read this book? I said, What is it? He said, It's the Quran. I said, Brother, I don't need to read it. I know that it's wrong from reading this book right here. Amen. And this is the only book. And I heard Brother McKinney say it lately. Did not mean to say this, didn't have it in my notes. Amen. But if this is the only book you read, you won't be steered wrong. Now, there's some good books out there. I'm not saying their names. But, uh, but they better go up with, along with this line upon line and precept upon precept. Amen. Hallelujah. They better not stray from the word one bit. If so, I tell you what they are to me. Amen. They're, they're good firewood. Amen. To get my fire. They're good kindling to get my fire started. Amen. Because I don't want to be led astray. You better be careful what you're putting before your eyes. And ain't just talking about a television, amen. It can come in the forms of a lot of different things, amen. Hallelujah. He simply said, follow me. I looked that word up, follow me. Because words, when they, when they belong to the Lord, they carry great weight. It said, as a union. How many knows what a union is? Amen. If you're married, that's a union, Amen. If you're, if you're, I was in the steelworkers union when I laid pipeline, and, and it's talking about a union, togetherness, to be in the same with, amen, I want to be in the same with the master, don't you brother Chris, amen, I want to be in union, see you're supposed to be married to him, amen, hallelujah, we're the bride, amen, hallelujah, follow me, he said, interestingly, without question, they left their nets, talking about the disciples, and their businesses. Now, can you imagine that? To just up and leave. Call my boss and say, hey, I won't be there Monday. Matter of fact, I won't be there for a good long time. Hallelujah. He said, follow me. And they left everything. They left their nets. They were fishermen and their businesses and followed Jesus. But you see, the thing about that is, I can have a thought. I've, I've, I've prayed about changing jobs here just a while back. Things looked a little bit shaky on the job. And I prayed about changing jobs. And that's a big change for me because I'm not a job hopper. I don't like to go from one to the other. I do not like to start a new job. But I prayed about it and I felt to stay where I was. You see, if you get a word from the Lord, saints of God, it'll be right. You may not know it's right right at that moment. You may not know it's right tomorrow. 
But on down the road, if it's a word from the Lord, it will be right. Amen. That's why. That's why many times I take very lightly when somebody looks at me and says, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the word of the Lord. Amen. Because I'm going to write it down where I can remember it. Amen. And I'm going to compare it to the word. Amen. And I'm going to listen to the voice of the Lord. Because I know that voice won't lead me astray. See, I can tell you something to speak into your life and say, hey, that's thus saith the Lord. Amen. And I can be wrong, Sister McClinton. I can be dead wrong. Amen. But if you listen to the voice of the Lord, he'll never lead you astray. That's why he said, follow me. You follow mammon or man, you'll get in trouble. Hallelujah. There was more to following Jesus than just accompanying him. Just walking along beside him or behind him and saying, hey, I'm, I'm one of the crowd. Amen. I can stand in a garage all day long and say I'm a car. Amen. But the proof's in the pudding, ain't it? Hallelujah. I want to follow after him and not just follow him, literally, but I want to follow his word. Amen. I want the fruits, amen, to be evident in my life. Amen. I don't want to have to tell people, hey, I'm a Christian. We should never have to tell the men that we work around, I'm a Christian. I belong to church. Brother Dove, they ought to know it by my life. They ought to see the fruits that I bear. Amen. They ought to know it by the words that I speak and the words that I don't speak, Brother McKinney. Amen. They ought to know it by the places that I go and the places that I don't go. I got asked just the other day, is all that you ever do is go to church? It's pretty close. Obviously, I go to the grocery store every now and then, Brother Cameron. Amen. But I love church, don't you? Amen. This ain't just a place I go because I fear. I love him. Amen. I love his word. Amen. Brother Larry, I love his spirit, don't you? I love his anointing. Amen. When it flows over my head, you see, I've heard it testified. I've never tried alcohol, they said. I've never tried drugs. And I said, wow, that is a great testimony. Amen. I don't know what they could really compare. Brother McKinney, I've tried it. Amen. And he's so much sweeter. Amen. I'm not proud of it, Brother Dove. But I've tried it. Amen. And he's so much better. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is so much better than what this world has to offer. Listen to this. Matthew 16 and 24 through 25. If anyone, anyone, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. If anyone would come after me, he must what? Deny himself. Amen. Now, that's a tough thing to do. My wife tells me all the time, you need to have more willpower. You need to have more. Well, she can say that. She's 120 pounds. She can say that. Amen. But, but Brother McKinney, there's things I desire. Hallelujah. And I know they're not good for me and my sugar. But there's things that I, de that I desire. Amen. But sometimes I have to deny myself. Sometimes I have to check my sugar and say, nope, it's already 180. I, I can't have it. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes, Mr. Tennille, I have to deny myself. And I know that's the carnal, amen. But many times we have to deny ourselves. Why do you think Brother McKinney's up here telling us, don't go out here? We, we, we're in this world, but don't go out here and partake of this world. Is it because he's mean? He don't want us to have any fun, amen? No, I'm going to tell you what it is. He's protecting you. He's the shepherd that is set over your soul. Amen. And he's trying to protect you from these things. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having a poor wife. There's nothing wrong with having this wife. Mom gave me a you know, pamper after Dad passed away. And there's nothing wrong with having those things, a boat, whatever it may be. But saints of God, if they keep you from the house of God, then it's a sin to you. Hallelujah. If, if they're a thorn in your flesh, if that's all you want to do is go here and go there, do this and do that, and church is not your first priority, then it's a sin to you. Hallelujah. He just simply wants us and he would come after me, he must deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever wants, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. The cross to which he referred was more than just a symbol. Much, much more than just a symbol. It was to be a way of life. listened to it pronounced today several times. But I think it's Dietrich Bonhoeffer that's close, who died at the hands of the Nazis made the following declaration. Listen to what he said. When Christ calls a man or a woman he bids him come and die. Amen. You've got to die out to some things. Amen. Before you can be reborn you got to die out to some things. you got to leave some things in your past. I've got things buried in my past that I probably wouldn't tell none of you all about. And it's none of nobody's business. It's between me and God. Amen. But sometimes you got to bury some things. Amen. Brother McKinney, I had to leave some friends behind. And it nearly, nearly ripped my heart out. Amen. But see, God gave me a new heart. Amen. I did not want to go the places that I went with those friends. I didn't want to do, and he shook me up. So a lot of y'all have heard this testimony, but for the ones that haven't, we're going to endure it. I was fishing one day. going. I was in my buddy's boat, my buddies. Yeah. And I just got into church. Had been in church just a, just a few short weeks. And I'll never forget it. We were floating down the river. Apex, uh, West Virginia, Kentucky, whichever side of the river you're on. Floating down the river. One, one of the two buddies, some elder saints, was in their boat going to their truck. So I was at their mercy, brother. I ain't the best swimmer. I float for a while, amen. But I wasn't jumping out of the boat if I didn't have to, brother Kelly. And that right in the boat, they robbed a man. I ain't going to say what it was, but they, they, they robbed his corn pack. And they put him right in the boat with them. God will wake you up. I told that to tell you this. He will use some things to get your attention, saints of God. I'm just thankful that I wasn't like David and it wasn't my child. Amen. But God shook me up. Amen. And I told him, I said, if this was my boat, I would have left you back in that garden. If we were going to my truck, I would have left you sitting here. Amen. I said, what a disgrace. I said, I just, I said, I can see it on the front page of the Wimson Daily News. Amen. Brother so-and-so caught with these things. Saints of God over this coin. Saints of God, God will use things if he wants to use you to wake you up and get your attention. Amen. And, and we need to wake up and realize that God's got a plan for our lives. 
Amen. He's got a plan for you and I. He has something for you to do. Amen. And you can't do it as long as you're running with sin. You can't do it as long as you're out in this world partnered in a union with sinners. Now, I'm not saying shun them, but sometimes you have to cut it off at the root now. Sometimes you just have to cut it off. <clears throat> so remember what this man said. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Taking up our cross. Truly to die out. Sold out for Jesus. Truly is to live. Taking up our cross establishes the difference between relaxing in a state. And it's caught my attention right here. Of a comfortable Christianity. I don't want to be in a comfortable Christianity. Do you? Now, we got all the comforts that we need in here. We've got AC. We've got lights. We've got heat if we need it. We've got padded pews. But I never want to be comfortable. Do you? I never want to be in a place where I just come to church and just sit down on a pew and say, hey, this is comfortable. The air blowing down my neck. Amen. But I want to work for the Lord. Amen. I want to follow Him and His will for my life. Hallelujah. Never want to be a comfortable Christian. And it says, in a state of comfortable Christianity and bringing forth spiritual fruit. At the cross, we decide our level of victory. Just how much amen, do you want to leave behind? Just how much do you want to shed off? Just how much do you want to leave at this, uh, at this altar right here? Have you become comfortable are you lax or lazy? That's another way of putting it. In your work or your calling to the Lord. I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be lazy on the Lord, do you? Jesus declared, taking up one's cross is a prerequisite to following him. I mean, it's required beforehand. That statement made perfect sense in the day in which he lived upon this earth. He had many followers, didn't he? Some of them were following. Some of them were scoffers, weren't they? So they were following him for different reasons. Some of them was just after something. Hey, I wanted a miracle. I, I, I want him to give me riches or something. I don't want to follow him for that reason. Do you? The Roman custom of crucifixion involved forcing a cross upon the one whom the soldiers were about to crucify. Are you carrying your cross today? How much victory do you have today? How much victory over the enemy do you want? Amen. I want to walk in, in freedom, don't you? Jesus took up his cross. We should follow the pattern that he set by being willing to die for him. Amen. With him. Being a Christian, listen to this. Being a Christian is to be Christ-like. Oh, to be more like him. I want to be Christ-like. I want to be like him. And I was saying this earlier. I, I've incorporated it into my prayer session in the morning. It's important the words that we say, right? It's important not to just babble or not to just stand on the street corner and, 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 and throw impressive words at people so people know we're praying. But it's important to pray from the heart. To be led of the Spirit. The Bible says pray in the Spirit, don't it? Amen. I like to pray in the Spirit, don't you? In other words, I like to pray till the Spirit of the Lord moves upon me. Amen. Because we're gonna we're gonna utter things, we're gonna utter things that we don't understand right then. Amen. But we're gonna be praying in the Spirit 
for somebody or for something, amen, that God knows all about, amen. Hallelujah. You believe you can do that? And if you believe you can pray, hallelujah, till you come to a point to where God, the Spirit, is praying through you and moving through you. Hallelujah. I want to pray till I feel heaven come down, don't you? I want to have a prayer life that gets God's attention. Amen. Sister Rachel, I want to pray and know that he hears me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or have you just come become a comfortable Christian? Comfortable Christianity produces powerless people. It don't say that in here, but God give me that while I was studying and praying over this. Comfortable Christianity produces powerless people. And we're to have power, saints of God. He accepted his cross. Listen to this. He accepted his cross, and he called on believers to do the same. Comfortable Christianity produces no power in our life. It also fails to accomplish the will of God in our lives. When you become comfortable, you're out of God's will. That's what it's saying. When you become lax and you become lazy, God is not using you. He will not use you. He will not honor that. Amen. He doesn't want us to sit back and be comfortable and lazy. On the other hand, becoming a living sacrifice gives us authority and power with God. Amen. Power after the Holy Ghost comes. You know, once you get, the, once you get saved, once you repent, and you, and you get the Holy Ghost. It ain't time to sit back and relax and say, hey, I repented. I've been baptized. I've got the Holy Ghost. I can just cruise through it. Amen. But that's not what he gave it to you for. He gave you power for a reason. Amen. Power, like the old song says, to walk right. Power to talk right. Power to witness. I've heard it said several times, and I cringe every time I heard it said. Well, I just don't have it in me to do that. I don't have it in me, Brother McKinney, to witness. I'm telling you, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you have it in you to witness. Amen? Because he gives you power to overcome. Being backward and shy, we can't be that. Amen? Now, we're to be humble. And we're to have compassion. But we're to be bold. Amen? To go boldly. Sometimes you've got to be a little bolder than other times, don't you? You've got to stand up in the face of the adversary and say, no. No, the Word of God does not say that. I love the men that I work with. I love my family members, amen. But, Brother Dove, I've got to be bold sometimes and say, if you can show me in the Bible, amen, if you can show me where that's written, I'll follow it, amen. But don't show me in a man-made book. Don't show me somebody's opinion, amen. I want to have the Word of God, amen. Not man's Word. Because man's word will get you in trouble. Man's word, Brother Jerry, will take you to hell. That's where it will take you. But God's word will never lead you astray. Paul addressed the same idea in his letter to the church at Philippi. Listen to what he says. Philippians 3 and 10 and 11. Philippians 3 and 10 and 11. Paul said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. The power he was talking about. I looked that word up. And it's called, it says, it's defined as a force, a miraculous power. So not just power, amen, but power to carry you through. 
Not just power, but power to walk on serpents and demons. Not just power, but power to be an overcomer. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now you got to die out, Brother Larry. But we don't stay dead, do we? Amen. We don't die out and then just sit on a pew and wither away. Amen. We die out to sin. Amen. So we can rise. Amen. Alive in Him. Amen. A new living, a new being. Amen. So that we may have power after the Holy Ghost comes upon us. Amen. To do what He's called you to do. I used, I, I can remember the first time I got up and sang. Do you remember who I got up and sang with one day? It was Brother Steve Thornton. And I was shaking, literally. You know, a guy, Brother Chris, that could pick up the radio and, 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 and carry on and, and, and cut on me and do what I, I could do a lot on the CB radio. I was, I was a CB bandwagon, amen. But when I got up here, Brother McKinney, and God changed my ways, my knees were knocking, thank you, God, because that's something that I took serious, that I was sincere about, amen, that I wanted to work for the Lord, that I wanted to do His will, amen. But guess what? He gave me power. Hallelujah. Now when my knees knock, you can't see it as much. <laughs> Amen. I still take it serious and sincere. Amen. But he gave me power. He gave me power to defeat what the devil, the devil, the devil wanted to laugh at me. He wanted to see me, you know, tomatoes thrown at me. You know? But God gave me power through the Holy Ghost to be an overcomer, to do his work for his glory and not mine. His will and not mine. He'll give you power. By giving, you receive. How many likes to receive? Because these paradoxical laws are God's law, they work when applied. By giving, why do you think we're taught as little children when we teach our little children to give in the sowing seed bucket? Because they'll receive the blessings of the Lord. Amen. Now, I don't give just so I'm going to receive, but I give freely from the heart. Amen. And God lets me receive because he knows that. Amen. Hallelujah. Because these paradoxical laws are God's law, they work when applied. The self-centered person, not a selfless person or a selfish person, but a selfless person. There's not a whole lot of words different there. But a selfless person is a self-centered person. Never gets what he or she desires because self gets in the way. I believe that's one of the biggest things you'll fight. We give the credit to the devil, don't we? Or we say the Lord's bringing a child trial upon us when it's simply yourself that you need to remove and get out of the way. Self gets in the way of faith in God and his laws and his word. Self will get in the way. Self-righteousness. What's the Bible say about it? Nothing but filthy rags. Frequently, God's laws are counterintuitive to human reason. Now, sister, if I slaughter any of these words at any time, you can correct me. I won't get offended. Counterintuitive to human reason. In other words, it's, it's not a normal way we think. It doesn't come normally. So, so we think, well, it's just right. We question it, don't we? Because they're counterintuitive to human reasoning or the way we think. 
we question him. Listen, he said in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Ain't that great? I'm glad, ain't you? Declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. I'm glad we serve a God that knows what's ahead, ain't you? I'm glad we serve a God that knows what's best for you and I. Sometimes what I think may not be right. My daughters, I've said it to you all, and I've said it to them a million times. They come to me sometimes, Dad don't have the answer. But I really do. And what do I tell them? Pray about it. Pray about it. Because my thoughts may be wrong. My ways may not be the way that they need to go. But if I direct them to him, then I'm steering them in the right direction. Amen. You'll never lead your children or your family. You'll never lead them astray if you tell them, talk to Jesus. Ask him about it. I put a whole lot on him. I really do, but I don't think he minds. We reap in proportion to what we sow. Y'all believe that? Listen to this. Remember this. Whoever sows, this is 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. In other words, if you don't put much into it, if you don't put much effort, if you don't put much effort into going out here witnessing to this world, you'll probably never lead nobody through those doors. If you don't put a little work into it, I found out a long time ago when my dad started paying me, I'd scrap hassles out. And the harder I'd work, I'd throw that sheetrock out. The harder I'd work, the more he'd pay me. He didn't pay me by there. I guess he paid me by, by the scrap sheet. Amen. And if I wanted to goof off or I seen a basketball go, he'd let me do it because I was young. I was about 12 years old when I started helping him. But the harder I worked, the better the payout. Hallelujah. And that's the way it is with Jesus. The harder we work for the Lord, the greater the reward. The harder that you witness out in this world, the more people you're going to win. Amen. The more people you're going to bring into revival. Amen. The harder that you work, the greater the reward. Remember this. I'm going to read this again. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. That's 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. Give, here's another one, Luke 6 and 38. says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Amen. If you want to be blessed and you want to be blessed greatly, then give. Give in the offering. Give in your time. Work in the church. Amen. Be a witness. Amen. Testify to somebody. Tell, tell them about God, what he's done for you. Amen. Your testimony helps others. How are we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb. It's always him first, right? And the words of your testimony. Amen. That's how you're overcome. Amen. That's how you defeat Satan. Amen. Sometimes you got to remind him about it. Say, Satan. I know what God did for me. He healed me. He touched my body. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, church, I know what he done for me last week. I ain't had nowhere near a high reading like that. They've all been in the 100s, amen. And I thank God for that, amen. Because I know by the blood of the Lamb, you see, his blood was already shed. 
amen, for the remission of sins. It's already been shed for my healing, amen. It's already been shed for whatever you're going through, amen. He's already made a way, saints of God. But he wants you to testify. Why do you think he included that? Amen. Because he wants you to tell the world. He wants you to tell them just how good he's been to you. Now, I know it's getting late here, and I know we got things to do. Amen. But I'm thankful that I serve a God. Amen. Hallelujah. That knows what's best for me. Ain't you? Hallelujah. He ain't some statue or something I set, on, something I set up on a shelf somewhere. Amen. But he's alive and well. The verse in Luke refers to forgiveness. The principle applies to tithes and offering as well and for all forms of giving. Amen. See, by forgiving somebody, you give them a gift. Amen. And by receiving forgiveness, that's a great gift, ain't it? You, you, you ever notice what a, what a burden is lifted when you ask somebody for forgiveness and they forgive you? What a gift it feels like, what a burden is lifted, amen. That's a form of giving. Learning. I want to I want to go over this as we'll be coming to a close in a little bit, but I don't want to leave this, leave this out. Listen. Learning to give mercy. I've testified about this before, but my uncle, he's a, he's a, he's a good he's a good man. And he told me a long time a godly man he said. Told me a long time ago, he said when I was young. My wife probably remembers me sitting in our living room. He said, if you want to receive mercy, you have to extend mercy to other people. If you want to receive mercy, you have to be willing to give mercy. Be merciful just, Luke 6 and 36, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. If we intend to get or to receive mercy, you have to be willing to give mercy. You have to be merciful. If you want mercy in your life. That is an almost overwhelming, overwhelming command. James wrote of a royal law in the scriptures in James 2 and 8. He said, if you really keep the royal law found in scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. Love your neighbor. In other, in other words, treat them the way that you would want to be treated. After explaining how easy it is for any, any one of us to break the entire law by violating one point, James gave further instructions in James 2 and 12 through 13. Listen, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Judgment without mercy be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's James 2 and 12 and 13. Unfortunately, many, now I've been, I've been in this mess before, but it's good to confess where I'm at, amen. But thankfully, God's changed my heart. Unfortunately, many who have been wounded and feel crushed in their spirit tend to feel entitled to get even. How many have ever said that or heard it said? I'll get even if it feels right. I've heard that. Well, it just may kill you. That's the thing about it. It just, it just may kill you. It just may kill your soul. They struggle with the counterintuitive nature of God's law. 
the royal law of Scripture removes the need to get even. What does he tell us to do? Pray for them. Pray for those with fire. Now, don't pray just so you can see them with fire on their head. <laughs> That's not God's intention. But by praying right here from the heart with good intentions, truly meaning it, that's what happens, especially if they don't offer forgiveness. Do not judge. Listen to this. Luke 6, 37 and 38. Just a, just a few more lines here. Do not judge, and you'll not be judged. Do not condemn, and you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. That's another good one. If you want to be forgiven of things, you better offer forgiveness. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured out in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So how do you overcome a wounded spirit? It's hard to overcome, isn't it? Somebody hurts you, and you're hurt deep, deep in your soul. How, how do we overcome? We give mercy. What about you if you are wounded, and if you are the receive more mercy as you give mercy. So offer mercy and you will receive mercy. Offer forgiveness and you'll be forgiven. Receive grace and mercy as we offer them. You're going to receive it as you offer them to others. So in other words, if you want to be healed, to help heal others, you're healed as you help heal others and not the same. It will heal you as you offer forgiveness to others, it heals you. We are to be peacemakers, not by forgetting that someone, you can't, it's hard to forget, it's almost impossible, has hurt or crushed our spirit, but by offering to forgive the one who hurt you. So forgiveness is important, wouldn't you say? Mercy is important. Hallelujah. Because if you, if you want mercy, and we need mercy, I'm going to tell you, every one of you right now, you're not above it, you need mercy. As we come to a close here, offer mercy. There's some people maybe in this community that said some mean, hurtful. People can be mean, can't they? They can say some mean, I've done it, and hurtful things to you. But by extending forgiveness, you open up a door. And you may open up the door to this church. Amen. They may be waiting on you to come to them and say, hey, whatever happened years ago, like Brother McKinney said up again one day. Somebody, I think, called you on the phone and asked for forgiveness, and he didn't even know what they were talking about. You may have forgot about it. That's a tough thing to do. But you, you, can, you can forgive, and, and I guess you can forget. But by asking for forgiveness, I'm sure a weight was lifted off your shoulders. Thanks to God, it's important that we be about our Father's business, and it's important that we be like that. As the singers would maybe come, it's important to offer these things. No matter what happens in this life, we can get over them, can't we? With the help of Jesus, amen, we can get over them. I want to read this last scripture right here. Matthew 6, and 4, 14 and 15, this last scripture says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also, now this is scripture, will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, if you do not extend forgiveness, 
your father will not forgive your sin. All right. Now, saints, he said it, not me. Not me, not Brother McKinney, not Brother DeBarge. But the Word of God says it. If you want to be forgiven, we've got to have a forgiven heart, don't we? Amen. We've got to offer forgiveness. Yes. How many love the Lord? Oh, yes. Amen. How many thankful for His Word and for His instruction? Amen. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know where to turn if it wasn't for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.